Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. But really, they come to Christ out of the goodness of God. And you notice when they saw changed lives, they go, what's the deal? It can't be. Well, yes, it can be. So our function, our unity is to keep Christ the main thing, to exalt him. And as we function together as a team and do that, that's what happens. Remember, Jesus, while he was on earth, he chose 12 very different men. And he chose them to walk with him, to be yoked with him to learn to function together as a team. People in churches in America tend to think that the proper operation of a church, both spiritually and physically, is only dependent on the paid staff. Unfortunately, that thinking isn't biblical. and leads to thousands of pastors calling it quits every year. In his teaching today, Pastor Mark's going to talk about the proper operation of the body of Christ both on the local and universal levels. You'll learn that while not everyone's gifted with talents that put them in front of people, everyone has a talent to use in the church. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Romans chapter 12 as he continues his series called Motivational Gifts. Well, spiritually, you remember John 15, Jesus said it like this, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If a man remains in him, he will bear much fruit. So my relationship comes because the head functions properly. When the head doesn't function properly, and we see that a lot in our, sorry to say, in our lives today, when a person gets Alzheimer's, when a person gets Parkinsonism, and the central nervous system isn't operating properly, every other part, it just breaks down. And so when you and I begin to break down, often it's because we're not responding to the head, which is Jesus Christ. If I want to go off, I mean, it sounds ridiculous. If I want to go off and just do my thing, that's crazy. Can't do my thing. Doesn't work. I have to be connected to the head. Now, you understand that very easy with Mr. Potato Head here, but sometimes spiritually we go, well, I just go off and do my thing. No, as a Christian, my body is not my own anymore. I just don't go off and do my will. Now, when the body doesn't function because there's no unity, let me give you an example. Some of you were raised up north. How many used to ice skate? Let me see your hands. Oh, you remember, don't you? First time you got on ice skates. Now, your mind said to your feet, do this, but your feet did what? (laughs) And another part of you suffered, didn't it? Many times. Because I couldn't what? I couldn't coordinate it. 
It didn't work, and it took some practice to get going. Well, sometimes with a new Christian, that's exactly what happens. They're not used to, what do you mean God speaks to you? Well, sure he speaks to us through the word. He does? And so they learn over time to be sensitive to the things of the Spirit and that God does want to direct our lives. So first thing I want you to write under this heading of unity is this. Unity comes from sameness of purpose. In our bodies, all these different parts, they work together for a reason. Mr. Potato Head here, his arms and his ears and his eyes and his heart and his liver and his colon and feet and all. The, they work together for a purpose. To have a meaningful, healthy, productive life. For those of you that are getting up in age and or maybe even younger and you look at our society today. And Linda and I commented a lot about it since we've gotten back. We look at the world and the kind of food that the world eats, and then you come back to the States. When I first went to India 15 years ago, it wasn't at all like what I see now. You see, what's happened is America has taken its fast food junk and taken it overseas. And now everywhere you go in China and India, you see McDonald's and you see Kentucky Fried Chicken and you see all of these things. And the countries over there, their kids are changing. And they're becoming just like we are. Very unhealthy. Eat the wrong things. Eat supersize everything. And pretty soon we look at our country and go, well, how can our kids at 12 be high blood pressure? Look what they eat. All sugar. Huge amounts of salt. Very few vegetables. This is not a health course, by the way. But what I'm trying to say to you is, What is our body supposed to be if it works good? It's supposed to be healthy. And so we exercise with one purpose, so that I can get up and be healthy. That I can get up and speak to you and not go, I don't have any more energy, I can't speak to you. No, I want to be healthy. Now, none of us are perfect, and you don't want to make this uh, kind of this fetish that you work in, because we're all going to die one day anyway, it doesn't matter. But you want to be healthy while you're here. So the body functions together. In unity, there's a common purpose. Be healthy, kind of be sharp in your mind, be loving, have some joy, laugh as we did. That makes a healthy body. Well, what is the purpose? What is this sameness of purpose spiritually? Why are you and I here? Why did he put us in the body? It's not about me. It's about Christ. So look at here, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. You'll begin to see what this unity of purpose is. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So everything that I do in my human body is to forward the kingdom of God, to point people to salvation, to point people to growth in their spiritual gifts. One of the goals of teaching on spiritual gifts, you'll see in a moment, as we finish this, I expect... Seriously, hundreds of people to be much more effective than they ever were before. That's our goal. Now, Romans 15, 5 kind of outlines this a little more. But just think about this. If you and I are going to bring glory to God, then we have to be in unity with what he wants. 
Well, we know it's about him. It's not about us. So we study his gifts. That's what we're getting ready to do. The gifts that he gave me and the gifts that he gave you. And I want to use those not to promote me, but to promote him. Because Jesus said, if he's lifted up, he'll draw all people to him. And people come to Christ. Yes, we tell them about hell. You already heard that. But really, they come to Christ out of the goodness of God. And you notice when they saw changed lives, they go, what's the deal? It can't be. Well, yes, it can be. So our function, our unity is to keep Christ the main thing, to exalt him. And as we function together as a team and do that, that's what happens. Remember, Jesus, while he was on earth, he chose 12 very different men. And he chose them to walk with him, to be yoked with him, to learn to function together as a team. When he left, they went to the upper room with 120. Man, they had one purpose, to obey the head. And the head said to him to do what? You wait until you're endued with power. Then you can go. And then you do it in my power. They had unity. They had purpose. They got filled and off they went. And what drove the church in the first few years was one thing. Unity. They were in one accord. They were there. They were magnifying God. And everywhere they went, even beginning on that day of Pentecost, when they spoke in tongues, the people heard them praise and magnify God. What does Satan want? He hates unity. He's into disunity. He's always trying to divide. God always is trying to unite. Satan is always trying to divide. Where does he start with his division? In the home. So that we don't have a leader. We don't have a head. We don't have unity. Hard hearts. Now, Romans 15.5 says, May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus. He's the head. As he goes, so we go. So that with one heart and mouth you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why is this church been so blessed by God over the last years? Why? Well, lots of reasons, but one of the reasons is I believe this. And this will sound crazy, but I want you to get it. In this church, we know who the head is. It's not man. It's God. And if we're unified in that purpose, we don't have anything to fight about. We just listen to what he says. And we know what he says because we read it in his word. And we keep mainstream, fresh, filled with the spirit, and we go for it. Have we ever failed? Oh, absolutely. But his grace is sufficient. So... It doesn't mean we always agree on everything. No, you don't want to do that. We don't. But when we're finally done with it, we do. Because we come back to him. And we operate in unity. And he honors that. And because of that unity, look what happens. See, if you came here and the minute you walked in, we talked about sin sniffers. But let me tell you something. A person that has any kind of spiritual insight at all can walk into any church And you can tell if there's unity or disunity. One of the things that I love, people say to me afterward, I walked into this campus and this huge place that I didn't even want to come to because I thought it was too big. 
And I felt love here. Yes. That's love for one another. John 17 and love for him. Not a perfect church. As you walk in here tonight, you can have any skin color. You can be from anywhere. You can have any kind of clothes on or whatever and all that. And we're just family. And there's a unity. Because our focus is not on man. It's on God. And the word of God. And that's a thing that's special. So many of you have never come from other churches and you're so new and you don't have any experience. You're fortunate. Let me just tell you, and I mean this humbly, you're fortunate to be in a church where there's unity and God's spirit flows. You're fortunate. And it's because you're unified and you flow with us and God's spirit is here. Now, look at Romans chapter 12, verse 4. Again, just as each of us has one body and many members, and these members do not all have the same function. The New Living Translation says it like this. We are all parts of his body, and each of us has different work to do. So there's number one, unity in the body. Number two, there's diversity. We notice that the body, even Mr. Potato Head here, is made of different parts with different functions. All kinds of things. The ears, the eyes, the nose, the mouth, the feet, the hands, the shoulders. That's all the external. Inside, all the organs. They're just all different. Now, keep your finger there quickly. Turn back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. When God designed the body, and I feel so sad when I read these wonderful people that they just don't get it. They will not acknowledge God. And then when you read these people that argue about creationism, what you're going to see as you read these editorials, just go back to Romans 1, and you'll see what these people have done. They've hidden themselves from the truth. They know the truth. They just won't admit it. And because of that, Paul says they actually become mindless. They become really off the wall. Here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, look down to verse 14. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, cease to be part of the body. If the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear. Sound like a science fiction kind of deal, doesn't it here? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. So diversity, not uniformity, unity, but not uniformity, diversity is what God does. In all the world, that's what he does. All the incredible, unique things that you can see everywhere. It's all very, very diverse. And it's not uniform, but there is unity. So, first two things. When God made us, humans, we have this tremendous unity in our body. We respond to the head. The synapses are going out. Our hand works properly. I want to open my mouth and say it. It works because it's in unity. In the church body, there's unity. There's one purpose, to glorify God. And we do that through the Word of God and all the different things He does, including the gifts. Second, there's this diversity. 
Every part of me is unique and different, just incredible. Uh, when I was over in Singapore, I was able to get a new, we're just now getting in here in the United States, I was able to get a CT, which is a 64 scan, it's 64 slice, it's incredible. I have at home, because you know it's been eight years since I had my surgery, I have at home a DVD with my heart in 3D, live, showing me all the vessels, all the neat things, that are, it's incredible. You see, that heart, if it's just a heart and there's no arteries to pump the blood through, you wouldn't be hearing me. And so every one of us, what he's trying to say is the body's incredibly diverse, but it works together. And there's a diversity and there's a unity, but there's one more thing. Here's the last one. Interdependence. Go back to Romans, back to Romans chapter 12, verse 5. So in Christ, we who are many, we'll talk about our local church right now, form one body. Of course, that also applies. Many churches form one body. Many churches in the world form one body. And each member belongs to all the other. In other words, there's some kind of a relationship here. So, the New Living Translation says this, Since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other, and each of us needs all the others. Let me share with you, some of you, you know, I have a medical background, so this is kind of normal stuff for me, but when one part of our body stops functioning properly, it affects the rest of the body. The reason we go in and have lab work every year or every few years, whatever, depending on your age, is sometimes we can detect early from lab values something that's happening. And there's a lot of things you can look at, and a medical doctor who specializes can look at that lab exam and go, you're going to have trouble because you're already having trouble. Let's just say it was the amylase or whatever. There's a liver problem. Your amylase is incredibly high. There's something going on in your liver. Now, your liver is going to have a problem. And if your liver has a problem, are we going to have a problem? We're going to have a problem. Now, you're fortunate because you can take a lot of liver and the body is able to reproduce a liver. Amazing. Rebuild itself. Of course, there is no intelligent design. It just happens. Bang. There it is. A new liver. Just happened. Came. Hallelujah. New liver. Right. Excuse my... Uh, you can go, Billy Rubin's another one. So what am I saying? Well, my body that functions together, the health of my body depends on all the parts of my body. So all you need, Paul speaks about this, all you need in a church is a little corner of leaven. People that are... All of those four things. And they're negative, and they're critical, and they're always complaining, and they're always tearing people down, and they never say anything up good. And anytime you hear them, oh, you hear about, you hear about, you hear about, pretty soon this leaven does what? Oh, it doesn't stay there. It does what? It spreads. And what does Paul say? Paul says, get rid of the leaven. So when you go into the doctor and there's things that are wrong, they'll go and try to correct them because it affects the whole body. Let me give you an example. Sin is, sin is, in our our country specifically, sin has entered many of our major denominations. 
And churches that once unashamedly taught the Word of God and believed all of it, they don't do that anymore. And so that part of the body is very sick because they don't believe the gospel. They don't believe that Jesus is the only way. They don't believe in moral values that we do, the homosexual agendas and all of the abortion. All of, They don't believe that. And so the body of Christ suffers, and here's how it really suffers. People outside, they don't understand spiritual things, so they just go to a church. And in the church, the pastor says to them, it's perfectly fine to believe there's many ways to God. Well, they don't have much spiritual about bringing to go, okay, that's what I believe. By the way, most of our seminaries today teach that. So all the young teachers coming out, what are they teaching? Heresy. So the body of Christ is sick in many parts. So what do we need? Well, we need people who are going to go back and remember what the Bible says? It says self-examination needs to begin in the body of Christ. In other words, look at yourself before you go out and talk about how the world is. Get your own body straight. So once in a while, I have to do that. In the morning, with my devotion time, there's times I have to say, God, I didn't act the way I should have yesterday, and I didn't bring unity in my body or your body. Now, probably nobody else knows about it. Remind me something, but the head knows about it. He knows about it. And so he brings it to my attention, and I confess my sin, and I'm able to move on. So it happens individually. Sometimes it has to happen in a church where we have to correct people. And again, our goal is not to destroy, but to build up and to restore and to bring them back to maturity. And so in all of our lives, understand that this interconnectedness is incredibly important because we do not live unto ourselves. You have relationships out there. How you affect other people is very important in this body. And that's what Paul's speaking about. Let me give you one more thing and then we're through. When this body functions together, it's a beautiful thing. And when you function together, you and I realize we need all of us. And we'll get into these gifts next week. And you'll see how all that works. Let me give you an idea. What's coming up? The Lewis uh, Plow organization is doing this thing in Orlando and about over a hundred of you are going over to work in the evangelism. They just finished one in Costa Rica. Let me just finished a conference down in Costa Rica. There were 401,000 people that went 17,000 plus became Christians. Now you say, does that have anything to do with the body of Christ? The body of Christ has got bigger. They're related to you and me. Now, when they did that in Orlando, 300 different churches. But they're still part of the body of Christ. Now, again, we don't invite certain people because there's no unity. You can't be unified if they go against those. But the others that do, all the different things, we just put those aside. Oh, we're going to be who we are here. That's fine. But that's not the major issue, is it? The major issue is Jesus Christ and forwarding His kingdom and the gospel. So it's a beautiful thing when you see all of these things happen. 
Pastor Mark taught today about how the body of Christ works. You learn that God set the body of Christ to work just like a human body does. You found out that every person that's a Christ follower is part of this body and that the body has a local aspect as well as a universal one. You learn the importance of finding where you fit and getting to work doing your part. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. This brings us to the end of part three in Pastor Mark's series called Motivational Gifts. He'll start part four next time where he'll begin teaching about the specific gifts that God's given to his people. Mark will begin talking about the gift of prophecy. You'll learn about what the Bible calls a prophet and the personality traits a prophet tends to have. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. And may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting